Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Rock on, everyone. Welcome. This is Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisors, one of your SEO rock stars, joined by our outstanding curator of content on this March 7th, 2017, Mr. Frank Watson, Aussie Webmaster. How goes it? Uh, it's going really well, Matt. Excellent. Interesting stuff going on, and you know, keeping busy. We do. We have, uh, you know, we have some good topics to talk about, and I know you've been extremely busy, as have I. But we've managed to make time now again, and I think we're back into a nice uh, swing here with SEO rock stars for 2017. So, getting right into uh, some pretty cool content. I think the first topic is, you know, one of the most fascinating ones I've seen in a while. Uh, from Search Engine Land, a uh, experiment that was run, uh, how we hijack Google's SEO guide search rankings. So Dan Sharp uh, is talking about an experiment in which his company was able to hijack rankings from the Google. So Frank, you are an expert in all things black hat, so I'm going to let you <laughs> cover the story here, and then I will provide my thoughts on some of this content. Yeah, the, inter the interesting part about about it is that uh, apparently Google, um, their you know their SEO starter guide had uh, not been canonicalized and it had been redirected and things like that. So it was a little on the wane side, and uh, the guys over at um, oh, Screaming Frog uh, had seen it being outranked. Uh, by other places that actually had copies of it that had just verbatim put up the PDF. So uh, they wanted to see exactly what was going on. And given that Screaming Frog has a, a pretty decent uh, PR, you know, page rank value, you know, or authority, however you want to call it these days, uh, they put the article up, they, you know, use the title tags, descriptions, that sort of thing, and, and managed to uh, outrank the other people and Google for a, a document that was sitting on Google server. Um, and it goes to show that, you know, this, this sort of thing happens. It's when, let's say you have an article and you give it out to your RSS feed and someone comes along and, and puts it up on their website. Uh, they can outrank you for it if they've got more authority. So you've really got to be careful you know, and if it can be happen to Google, it can happen to literally anyone that, you know, you need to be aware of this sort of thing happening. And, um, right. But in, in this case, I mean, this is not, that's, let's tell the rest of the story too, because I mean, there took a little work here, uh, in understanding what was able to be sort of replicated and based on some of the research. And also, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting that this is co.uk. Um, I, I'd love to, you know, take a look and see if there was exactly the same rankings or how it's sim uh, if it was similar in the dot com Google. Uh, but uh, anyway, the um, 
you know, when I look through this, the, the experiment part of it, uh, it, you know, we had hijacked the hijackers and Google, uh, which was, I thought, one of the coolest quotes in here. And, and it takes a little while to run through this document and understand uh, the research. But, um, you know, the, the data that's being shown here in terms of the immediacy, I think, is a great testament to real-time search and also... Um, you know, let's talk about what are your thoughts well, on the also, way that they were the, able to do it with the canonical tag? Beyond, beyond ranking for, for just the, you know, SEO, Google SEO guide or whatever the, the initial, you know, main term was, it, it, they go through and show you, you know, Google SEO, they're ranking number one, uh, but just all the other terms and all the traffic <coughs> that they got was phenomenal, you know, and that's, it's definitely an article that, you know, people in our space should look at just so that they can get an understanding and, and you know, use tools. And, and, and later in what we're going in the articles that we talk about, there's one that mentions an audit tool that can watch for people that are using your content, you know, where they're checking is there duplication of your content out there, you know, and that sort of thing you want to keep an eye on because this sort of scenario can happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, the um, three closing points from this, uh, 302 redirect, not fully to blame. Um, they believe some contributory reasons around how the files are, or were hosted. Uh, so, you, again, we didn't really go into the whole part of how they hijacked it, but essentially what they did was they were able to change the canonical tag around or mess with canonical tags in a way that, uh, um, you know, and, and, and they – one of their closing points is if you use canonicals, it's very wise to use canonicals to help with indexation because as soon as, do, as Google had updated the PDFs HTTP canonicals to a single URL, it was immediately indexed. So a very, I think, one of the many diamonds in this uh, article. So great job over there um, at Search Engine Land as usual, uh, this time from Dan Sharp and obviously with the power of uh, the frog behind him. <laughs> Um, should we move along, Frank, or any more points yes. on that one? No, no, no. <clears throat> I mean, it, it, there is a good point that, you know, at many times for uh, certain docs like PDFs, you know, creating uh, a canonical is, it can be difficult. So, you know, you can set it up and they give you a link to where you can do that in your HD access. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of points in this article that, you know, people should go through and, and, and click some of the links and, and, and get a little bit more understanding on how things are working. Yes. So uh, moving along into other things and how they're working, also from Search Engine Land. Uh, by the way, that previous article, I forgot to give the date on it, uh, was at Search Engine Land from March 6, 2017. And now moving to another article on March 6 from Barry Schwartz this time. Google-related pics now showing under some top stories carousels. So, um, you know, we always see a lot of different testing going on, and thanks to SEL and, and uh, SEM Post and, and a lot of the great uh, search engine journal, a lot of the ones that we cover all the time, and, and Barry certainly is a central point in a lot of these news breakings. But uh, it's nice to monitor as an SEO, uh, you know, if you're not just listening to our podcast, which is fine if you are, uh, but to monitor these publications because you'll – then keep an eye out for these things yourself, right? And, and you'll start to get a feeling. But in this case, uh, what's happening is there's some related picks showing under some top stories carousel. So um, the, uh, there's a nice big screenshot here um, that, um, you know, it, it, 
ultimately is just giving you related content uh, on a news-oriented keyword phrase. And clicking will expand to show you more top stories, carousel items, basically. So they're, I guess, semantically expanding the choice of news. And therefore, if you're, if you're talking about a news topic from an SEO perspective, I mean, this is just further and further pushing down non-AMP, right? Because you see most everything's AMP that, that's showing up from a publisher and news perspective. And then you're, I would suspect that a lot of these secondary choices and related picks are going to be bubbling up to be mostly AMPs as well, huh, Frank? Yeah, and and you know it's an interesting. Google has you know over the last I'd say eighteen months, two years, they're really getting into providing these knowledge boxes, and this is in essence you know a variation on that theme. You know, it's just as opposed to maybe picking three to five what is so and so that's related to what your search was. This one is you know here's more product details. Or right. different talk, you know. One of them is speculation on Galaxy Note Eight. You know, they're giving you other things that are being. It's related, yeah. yeah. Literally, literally, instead of more in a new sense. I, I agree. That's it's a good catch. And one thing that you just mentioned too, and I noticed that you know that Barry's just it's calling calling this the top stories amp carousel. And sometimes you and I are probably both guilty of being too busy every day to keep track of all the nomenclature that people are calling stuff these days in our industry. But, uh, you know, obviously I knew that it was a news carousel, but I have not seen it called the AMP carousel before. It makes sense. I mean, since everything is AMP. Uh, but after I, I mentioned that and, you know, I had noticed that over the Super Bowl, how everything was becoming AMP dominated. Um, but it's, um, you know, and certainly, again, if you're an SEO and you're trying to get uh, Google News Qualified, uh, you know, it's, it seems as if AMP is going to be a prerequisite uh, pretty soon. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I think that's the reason why certain companies like the Wall Street Journal, for example, uh, now is complete paywall. They they don't even do the, the three free articles uh, every 24 hours that Google requires. They're going, okay, you know. We're getting pushed out anyway. You know, I imagine part of their logic is we're getting pushed out anyway with AMP. We've got no ability to mass create, you know, AMP pages for all our content. We may as well just go to, if you want our content, subscribe or buy the app. And that's, you know, that's where a lot of, you know, decisions are going to start coming for this. Yeah. You know, I don't see a lot of really large newspapers being able to create a large-scale amount of AMP pages on top of the regular online, the responsive, et cetera, unless, yeah. you know, they see, you know. It's a, it's a problem. I mean, in Europe, they've, they've adapted, right? And, and certainly, I think they've been forced almost a little longer over there uh, to use the AMP pages to appear in news. Uh, the, uh, um, if you look at, you know, the general uh, I guess you would call it uh, hab uh, not habitat, but uh, the climate these days. Um, you know, people like the Washington Post have aligned with Amazon, right? If you have Amazon Prime, you can get a six-month free subscription to the Washington Post. So I could see a lot of other uh, partnerships like that happening, and I think it would be wise, personally, for WSJ to do that because I personally feel that there's a lot of news out there, and as as impartial and and authoritative as WSJ might be, I'm not going to go through the extra steps of having uh, you know, to subscribe if I can't do it pretty relatively easy without giving my information to yet another list. Um, yeah, you know, we the other part of this one before we go to break is 
it gives the smaller newspapers that have that ability. It's like, okay, let's make the play to AMP, you know, to be able to get their content out there, get some user engagement, possibly help build the brand and, and help people then just type in the domain into wh wherever it is. So, I mean, there is, it, it's going to be interesting if this AMP uh, situation continues and, and the larger scale news sources aren't using it, uh, will that give rise to some of the smaller newspapers to become competitive again? Yeah, through uh, through Google. But then, uh, you know, the other part we're not talking about is just the, the papers just developing their own apps and, and pushing yeah. them, uh, uh, you know, better. And in fact, it could probably it would probably benefit their advertisers. Uh, anyway, we do have to take a break, as you mentioned. When we come back, we'll talk about some negative SEO tactics as well as YouTube optimization, which is a topic we haven't covered in a while. So stay with us here on SEO Rockstars. We'll be right back with you. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. Oh, yeah, we are back. Hey, by the way, we want to thank our fans always uh, for listening. Uh, Dean Curtis is over in the UK doing SEO since 2001. Let us know that he'd be listening in uh, live. Uh, so thanks for joining us. I like your uh, Twitter cover picture. 
so moving into nine types of negative SEO, um, this is from the link-assistant.com. I know, Frank, you've been finding some good content there uh, in the past few months. Um, so negative SEO, and it's a nice list of the different types of negative SEO. I mean, obviously, these are arguable, as all things are with SEO. Uh, but I think it's a great list, uh, you know, starting with the offsite and, and a good way to kind of keep an eye uh, if you suddenly somebody, you know, did a link farm on you. Um, you know, some good hints about like SEO Spyglass is a tool that could maybe uh, keep an eye. You could obviously look at this through other tools, too, like uh SEMrush or, or LinkDex, if you're using a tool like that, or uh, Bright Edge, you know, Search Metrics, and of course, Conductor, Searchlight, all those tools are able to, uh, and even those higher end ones are able to send you warnings. Um, you know, there's some good ones in here, Frank. What, what's, uh, let's hit a few of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the good uh, by good, I mean bad, <laughs> but good. yeah, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, you know, Obviously, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, people scraping your content that have, um, you know, the ability to outrank you for, for what you're writing. Uh, I think the the other stuff like fake reviews where people are actually writing negative reviews around you, um, that type of thing is, is becoming you know, a lot more prevalent. I think the ones that where they mention uh, the hacking of your website you know, they, they have a good, and I, I forget the name of the tool that they particularly reference, oh, website auditor, uh, which is good because it'll keep track of if all of a sudden there's some sort of change to the content that you've got, yep. uh, it'll notify you. So Hey, you, and I just got to add, I mean, that's not, that's a tool that you would want to use too if you're not sure as an SEO consultant what, you know, your client or your client's dev team may be working on without your knowledge. Um, so just a little side note there on that tool. Yeah, that's very, very true. I, you know, where you you go in, you do stuff, and then all of a sudden you come back and they've saved an old version or whatever. We yeah. lost, I lost a, n a number of top-level navigation titles and descriptions that had been really working well uh, on a pretty large e-commerce site, and they made a migration from HTTP to HTTPS finally. But... Um, one of the things that we didn't notice uh, right away was that all those titles and descriptions had been changed. So a tool like this would have probably helped, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the times, and especially if you're, you know, if you're not keeping up on the latest uh, iteration of WordPress or something like that, because they get changed because of hacks and people come in. And again, you know, the, they mention <clears throat> that display none is used in the HTML. So even if you come and look at your website, it doesn't look like anything's going on, but it could be riddled with links to, you know, various bad neighborhoods or just links, you know, to to the other person's website. You know, it's in the same niche. All of a sudden you're passing some of your page, you know, value over to them. So, I mean, that it's a good... Precur you know, list of art of things to go and have a look on at. On page and off page, right? And yeah, that's uh, exactly. it actually confused me for a minute and I thought that they'd somehow screwed up the editing and that they'd restarted the numbering. But there's two different sections. Uh, and um, yeah, good points in here. Uh, good stuff. And, uh, you know, the one that I don't see in here uh, that that is, you know, curious to me is uh, the negative traffic signals. Um, you know, uh, basically 
you know, showing a lot of bouncing, quick bouncing traffic and stuff or hiring mechanical Turks to go in and, <laughs> you know, find your site and then leave it quickly and go to another site in the SERPs, things like that, that uh, apparently is, is in play right now. And, you know, I guess to me that, you know, the way to monitor for that would be to look for an increasing bounce rate. Yeah. Or, or the fact that, you know, I mean, that that's those sort of, of ability to, you know, like you said, use something like Mechanical Turks. And it's not so much, I don't know whether, <clears throat> I've seen the case where people have. You write a script. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, no, people have set up the situation where you, uh, you only click on the ones that you want to increase in rank. So <clears throat> it's not really negative SEO to you. It's it's making positive SEO moves for, for other places. But yeah, you've got to you've got to be aware of this sort of stuff. It makes stuff. you wonder at, at any given time, like what percentage of the clicks are legit clicks on the big money terms. Yeah. And and you know <laughs> in highly competitive areas it's more likely to happen. But if you get a particular, if you're working in a particular niche that uh, is very profitable but very small, it's far easier for someone to come in and, and gain ground in your area than it is to try and fight up against, you know, the the major brands for major terms like cars or insurance and things like that. It that's going to have a it would need a hell of a lot more impact. So if you're in a small niched area and you think, oh, this isn't going to touch me it's more likely to touch you than it is some of the bigger ones because people can make that impact a lot quicker in a smaller space that may be profitable and just have a handful of people. Agreed. Um, I was interrupted by my son arriving back from school. So now we have um, a great article from Backlinko. And this guy, Brian Dean, the name always um, throws me for a loop because I used to work with a, a cool guy by the name of Brian Dean that still works over at now Razorfish. Uh, it used to be Brulant and Rosetta when I worked there. But anywho, this is a different Brian Dean. And um, he is a good writer. And, and um, he has written an article. We analyzed 1.3 million YouTube videos. Here's what we learned about YouTube SEO. Um, so I think, you know, summary, comments appear to be influential. Uh, longer videos significantly outperform shorter. Average length of a first page YouTube video is 14 minutes, 50 seconds. So that's kind of amazing. And it kind of is taking the place of the uh, uh, in-depth articles maybe that used to exist on the first page, right? Um, Videos have a significant correlation with rankings. Number of shares is strongly tied to first page. A lot of good data in here, huh, Frank? Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, it really does. Given that, you know, and a lot of people, when I mention this to them, are like, oh, really? YouTube is technically the second largest search engine. You know, That's the correct. activity over at YouTube is going to be the biggest, the allegedly, right? Yeah. And by the way, this was on February 28th at backlinko.com, but please, Frank. But yeah, you know, I mean, we definitely, the use of video is, is a channel that smart SEOs have been offering advice to their clients to get involved with. It's just another way of building your brand, another way of getting your content, your products be made aware of. Uh, so being able to, to look at this and see the, the factors what used to be a lot of the tagging and the naming of, of certain things had a, a lot bigger influence. And, and even in this article, they say, don't 
avoid that, but just be aware of, of some of the newer elements. And that's all part of, you know, Google becoming more aware of user experience and, and, and the way that things are being used. You know, if, if the number of video views is having an impact, if the, the number of likes, the number of new subscribers, all, if all those elements are impacting the uh, rankings for video and, and their inclusion into the straight search results, it, those are elements that you've got to be aware of. So, I mean, this one's, it's pretty good. And it, it also, uh, there's another article out there that I'm sure you're about to mention from Search Engine Journal. That's yeah, it's interesting to look back on that uh, article from 2015, the Advanced Guide to YouTube SEO at SEJ from Albert Costill. Um, there's a lot of great um you know, I would say predictions in here and also, but, uh, you know, some slight differences, you know, uh, over a couple of years now that we have a lot more and, and Google's obviously evolved and that's why it's dangerous in, in our industry to write articles uh, because, you know, a couple of years later, there's something missing typically. Um, sometimes they, they you know, live. Um, we're lucky that some of our old SEM Crossfire articles are still uh, able to be discussed these days, Frank. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, this is, um, you know, the, I think the comments, it, it's, it's, an, it's a powerful chart, right? I mean, uh, it's, of course, it's data and, and there's correlation aspect to this. But when it's got 5,000 comments, it ranks number one when it's there. Uh, it, it's pretty, you know, pretty yeah. telling. Uh, so if you can engage in, now the thing is, is that this is where I wonder, you know, it, it obviously, I think, can help and, and does help, and I've seen it help, and I, I plead with some clients to add video, um, you know, from an SEO perspective. But where does Facebook come into play and, and almost cut, you know, its, its stick into the spokes by allowing people to share and, and, and basically develop that Facebook and, and, and assuming that there's not going to be as much authority that could follow over from activity and buzz going on at Facebook as there is here evident in YouTube, how do you know? How do you kind of balance that? Because you you want people to sort of grow this YouTube channel, and of course Google is does too, but people don't want to hang out on YouTube, or a lot of people don't. People want to hang out on on Facebook, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think I mean you can embed a YouTube video in Facebook, or at least a YouTube yes. Do I have? But then do the count do the comments and everything? See, as it gets shared throughout Facebook. They become yeah, those disparate, right? Aren't. And and you're losing some value there, right? If if but we go view, along this line, the view part, yeah, you know, the view count. If you know, sometimes you can't cover all the bases with any one way that you're doing promotion. So in the case of, of putting your YouTube videos up on Facebook, where they get shared and more people engage with them, it's the engagement number that you're getting there, and. You know, people have the ability to from that to get back to YouTube and maybe look at other other videos that you've got. So that would increase the the views over there as well. So I mean, just purely from a viewpoint, you know, of, of increasing a the viewpoint, view numbers, no pun intended. An element, <laughs> you know, viewpoint. Ah, sorry, <laughs> pun. Very funny. Um, and so, the one good thing about the search engine journal article is towards the bottom they have a really good list of uh, tools and resources that you know you can yes. use for, for different things so and that's you know, still very um, 
Yeah, like I said, I mean, th this article at SCJ is very worthwhile too. Uh, and, the, and then the list of tools um, ranging from uh, the Keyword Planner, Ubersuggest, Vida, uh, Vidstats X, Wistia, uh, SCJ Pop-Up, Getting in My Way. Hi, Kelsey Jones. Uh, <laughs> Go on in my uh, view, Bix, Real SEO. Hey, good stuff here. Yeah. So, um, I think we need to take our next break, and I'm sure that George is ready to fire that up. So why don't we go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Google Tag Manager and the value of URLs in keyword or keywords in URLs. Um, Frank, talk to you soon, my friend. Rock yes. on. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at salesberry.fm. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right, everyone. I was trying to sneak in a quick client reply during the ad, but I didn't finish it. So I'll leave that email open. Uh, Twitter.com slash SEO rock stars, as well as Facebook.com. You can find us at SEO rock stars. So please do uh, let us know what you'd like to hear about and what you'd like to hear less about. Uh, we're happy to try to oblige. Got a couple good topics here to finish off the day today, Frank. I like uh, this tag manager topic, and I'm trying to close out that one email and reopen where I have the article order. Um, how to use Google Tag Manager to show your clients' results. So that's actually something that I haven't done a lot of. I like to... Um, I like to use Search Console, the analytics reports and the impression and click and those various uh, slices and dices you get in there. And then obviously GA and then even 
some other tools, but I hadn't really thought of using Tag Manager um, to, to do reports. I do use it as a mechanism to carry tags. I, I think it's the best and most efficient way to do so, uh, but it can pose problems with um, like, for example, there's a client I have that's on a specialized platform for selling auto cars and stuff. So there are some little problems they can have, but uh, I, in general, like GTM. Do you like to use Tag Manager too, Frank? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I pretty much recommend it to everyone. You really do want to be able to track everything and, you know, the information that passes back to Google Analytics just you know it makes it so much easier to segment things out and you know find what's you know converting and etc cetera, etc cetera. and it, it just does it for you once you've set it up properly you know you don't have to constantly be creating query strings and and everything else it's just you know it's one of the better tools that google's rolled out in the last couple of years Yes, and, and this here is actually, um, you know, now that I've taken the time to take a little bit deeper look at the article, it's an excellent sort of tutorial on how to get it set up uh, and depending on the various types of tags that you want to put in there. Um, this is something I actually learned a lot about when I was working a little bit with Dennis Yu a couple of years ago, and he was a big evangelist of uh, GTM, and it certainly, I, uh, you know, I uh, evangelize it to this day still. Uh, when you set it up, uh, you know there's some there's some specific things that that you'll want to do. Uh, but the um, you know the the part about the reporting uh, ultimately um, is uh, just a little short in this article. So uh, you know unless there's anything else you wanted to cover on this one, we can move along to the next one, Frank. Yeah, no, no. I think anyone that's not using it should should go through this article and and you know it's. It, I remember the days, you know, and this goes back, let's go 10 years ago, where you'd sit at an SES conference and ask people, how many of you are using analytics? And we were lucky to get, you know, 25, 30% of the people put their hands up. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. If you're not using these tools to be able to get a deeper knowledge of what's working for your website, you're just leaving things on the table. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's the, I guess that was the point of the title is really that, you know, without being able to collect the different types of uh, container data that you can set up through the GTM, uh, you're not going to be able to show your results. And by the way, this article, I don't think I mentioned it at the onset, is from Search Engine Land from March 6th, again, um, from Sherry Benelli. So we've had a big day for SEL March 6th today. Let's <laughs> finish up with something that's um, uh, not one that we always cover which is the media post and they have some great content there usually this one is from Aaron Barr a staff writer at the media post and commentary on the value of URL keywords so I want to hear what you think about this uh, and and then I'm gonna take it for a slightly different spin Frank maybe yeah I mean I think you know the exact domain that you know keywords in the domain and things like that doesn't have as big of a impact as it used to, uh, but obviously it still has some element. I think the uh, the use of keywords in the actual you know, specific URL uh, has value as well. But again, it's it's like anything else. If a lot of the times when you're using a CMS, the keywords that you place into the headline becomes the URL. So you've got to think a little bit when you're naming your articles. Uh, or else you can 
go in and edit them specifically. But it has a factor. How big it is may may not be as big as it once was, but it still has an impact. So it should be something that you're aware of, as opposed to having that p equals a particular number. That's going to give you nothing. Yeah, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we sometimes make a mistake of uh, getting a little too intermediate or advanced, even. But obviously, you know, if you're using a URL that has <clears throat> products or categories defined by strings of numbers or letters or numbers combined, then you know you need to back up and 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 take this really at a one-on-one level and and figure out what what you can do to rewrite those URLs if you're on a pretty antiquated type of a, a system or um, restructure uh, the URLs in in one of the more modern systems, um, as as you mentioned, Frank. You know something like WordPress, and and I even have a tendency to call it the WordPressification uh, sometimes in in meetings because uh, there's a particular ecom client that that I've been working with uh, to reintroduce a little bit of a URL hierarchy uh, versus you know having gone to having products right off the root. Um, so this is uh, you know. Especially if the the brand, then the .com or .whatever, uh, doesn't include uh, a keyword in it, um, I, I still think it's a viable tactic to consider if it makes sense and it could help from a breadcrumbing perspective and so forth. And it would, you know, be defensible easily as a user experience factor. I think, uh, you know, when you're helping to categorize URLs and by including keywords in them, uh, often happens to be, uh, you know, a win-win type of thing. Well, think about it in terms of, you know, when we were discussing in the last few weeks about uh, the companies that are using near me in, you know, their links and things like that. So, I mean, if your URL has that, it, it showed a slight lift, you know, it has an impact. And again, like I had said earlier, it may not have as big of an impact as it used to, but why would you negate it totally? And, and lose what little influence or, you know, and, and this article says it particularly shows up in competitive uh, niches. And I think that's just because all things else are equal and you're looking for any little edge when you get into a competitive space. So dropping this for expediency would be a foolish move. Yeah. Well, and the other spin on it, which we'll probably talk about in the next few weeks is, you know, the idea of owning a new or custom domain name extension uh, to help with this as well and whether or not that can work. Uh, and, and I think it can. Uh, but we are out of time today. And it's been a great chat with you as always, Frank. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And uh, we will, of course, be back with you on SEO Rockstars next week. So rock on and keep on SEOing or SEO arising. <laughs>